How excited are you about Florida State's ranking in the latest AP poll? You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another edition of Locked On Seminoles. I am your host, Brian Smith. Thank you to the everydayers that come back and check us out. We are part of the Locked On Network, and you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Network, your team, every day. Today's show is going to be a fun one because it's something that hasn't happened in seven years. Florida State is now ranked in the top five of the College Football Associated Press poll. Number four for the Knowles, deserved after beating LSU 45-24 to in a flat-out beatdown in the second half, outscoring the Tigers 31 to nothing until the very end when they got that gift touchdown on the busted coverage. So Florida State comes in at number four. So what exactly does it mean? I got, I got my notes here talking about it, why it's deserved and all that. We're going to go over that. Two, we're going to talk a little bit about Florida State now kind of ascending to the top. I'm assuming if you're a Florida State fan, you know by now that Duke knocked off Clemson last night, 28 to seven in a rather bizarre game. Dabo did did correctly mention that in the press conference, but they still didn't look very good. Florida State is definitely better than Clemson right now. And then in the third segment, a little bit of an overall view of ACC with Florida State, where they rank with the SEC, because it's a lot different than what I thought. The SEC is not as good as normal. The very top is good, but the middle and the bottom, not, not where it should be for the Southeastern Conference. So anyway, we're going to get started now with this. Florida State, the number four ranking, I don't think anybody here is going to be surprised by it, but what, it, what exactly is deserved? Like, what did they do to deserve it overall besides like the offensive firepower? This is my number one key point. And it's their defensive line. I've been talking about this to get over the hump, to be a dominant team, to compete with Georgia and Alabama consistently head-to-head, a mano-a-mano, D-tackle recruiting in particular, et cetera. Now, they've hit the home run with the portal, obviously. Some of the kids they've developed, too. But this is the biggest key. Overall, LSU had the ball inside the five in the first quarter. Stuffed. They had three fourth downs. Stuffed on all of them. Florida State's D-line is the biggest reason, in my opinion, they deserve to go to that next step and be a top-five team. At the very, very top, it's not about coaching. It's not about speed. It is about girth and power right in the middle. You look at the teams that go to the playoffs every year, and then look at the draft the year after and the year after that. You're going to see a lot of kids that were sophomores and juniors on those teams going in the NFL draft. D-tackles, 280 and up. Big boys. That's the difference between what Georgia and Alabama have done. And often, ironically, we'll talk a little bit about them in segment two. Clemson, think about the D-lines they've had. Yeah, they've had great quarterbacks, but they just murdered people up front. Florida State's starting to do that again. And when they were good in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, in that 2013 team, they had D-linemen. Not good ones, really good ones. That's the difference. Most teams that win championships, have guys that get drafted up front, chasing around running backs and quarterbacks. That's the biggest thing. Number two on this, why it's deserved and why it's going to matter, the ACC this year is unique. 
I mentioned this a week or so ago, but while the league is nowhere near where it probably should be, let's be let's be real. The quarterback play in this league is going to be really good. Really, really good. NC State's got a quarterback that can make plays. Heck, he had over 90 yards rushing this past week. You've got Van Dyke at Miami. You've got Jordan Travis at Florida State. Klubnik's coming along. He'll get a lot better at Clemson. Trust me, I've seen him. He's, he's going to be good. By the time he plays Florida State, he'll be better, in fact. UNC happens to have Drake May. He's a Heisman guy. Syracuse has got a really good quarterback who might end up getting into the NFL. You have all these, all these teams. So the ranking now is four, but the more important thing is it can stay there because teams are going to be going against Florida State that have talent, and it'll help them long-term to keep it. Because if you beat teams like NC State or Clemson or Miami or whatever, teams that have guys that are getting drafted down the road, scouts and people in the polls know it. The people that are part of the college football poll for the playoffs, the playoff poll, they all know it too. Those are ADs and people that have played, et cetera. They understand quarterback play. Florida State's going to benefit. So now they're there. That's going to help them stay in the picture. Number three, and this is something that I think will happen, but it's got to be mentioned. Norvell talked a little bit about it in the post-game press conference after LSU. Staying grounded. What exactly does that mean for a team that, again, they haven't been ranked top five since 17? What does staying grounded mean? You can take that in your own context and, and spit out your own thoughts and narratives. But Norvell said, I just want to see this team play up to their capabilities, this, that, and the other, execute, etc." Kind of boring coach speak that also wins championships. Just look at Bill Belichick, et cetera. You have to be able to still be motivated. Some of the best coaches ever are the ones that win a championship at whatever level. And then they find a way to take that same team the next year, or maybe parts of it, if it's a college team, but like a pro team, even if they got the core, how motivated are they? Well, Florida State just won a huge game. Now they got Southern Miss. There's no way you're going to tell me that Southern Miss is going to motivate the Florida State players in general more than LSU. I get it. And they're not wrong for that. They're still human. But how do you take your craft at practice? How do you, you sleep? How do you eat? All the little things that you are 100% in control of. Not, not the opponent, but yourself. That is the preparation that makes championships. So that, that is what deserving is. And that's quite honestly what being grounded is. I, I got all these notes here, and it really just comes down to that. Being smart enough to know that nothing really changed. You just won a game. It's hard to do for a 17 to 23-year-old. That's pretty much where Florida State's roster is like anybody else's, but they better do it. Florida State needs to be grounded consistently, not just every other week, but like every single game. You think Nick Saban got all those rings by accident? Of course not. He tries to keep a lot of really high-level athletes on the same playing field, not really talking about depth charts. It's a new depth chart every week. That's the same kind of concept that Norvell is going to have to use, and not that he hasn't already, but it's going to be a little more difficult because there's going to be some kids that will skew a little bit. It's inevitable. How deserving are you? How much pride do you have for yourself to continue to work? That's my biggest thing on staying grounded because if Florida State does that, this team can be as good as it wants to, especially offensively. I mean, they got certain types of skill, but 
they can get better. Penalties, not making any mistakes in regards to coverages. Jordan even missed a couple of throws that were pretty bad in the first half. I mean, everybody has moments. But even like just to use Jordan as an example, he hit nine out of ten in the second half. Did they even come close to maximizing during half one? Travis knows that. Norvell knows that. The entire coaching staff and players know that. They came in at halftime, made adjustments, and did what they were supposed to. That's being grounded, too. But now trying to do that against Southern Miss, that'll be interesting. That, that's probably going to be one of the key points when I talk about the game on Sunday, this next, this next weekend. That could be the whole title in relation to your confidence, how grounded you were and how motivated you were. We'll see which words it is, but it's going to be in that realm. I can almost guarantee you Florida state. Um, one other thing before we get into segment two, we're going to talk about Florida state kind of taking over the ACC in segment two, but real quick, also of importance, Florida state gaining respect. I talked about this a little bit in a short that I put up. You, you put college football on notice by beating LSU the way you did. Now you got to back it up too, you know, because if you goof around and beat Southern Miss by three, people can say you're a one-hit wonder. You need to back it up. Play sound football. You should win that game by 20-plus points, and that's as simple as it gets. I don't even know much about Southern Miss, and I probably, you know, I'll study it a little, but this is a team they should win and, and beat every – every time. So be grounded there too. Don't take anybody lightly. Do what you can control all the way through practice. It'll take care of itself in games. So once again, we're going to talk a little bit about Florida State and the ACC. They're kind of just taking over because I'll talk a little bit about Clemson in the, in the Duke game, what I saw, but I think that's pretty obvious that Florida State is the better team right now. And I know that game is going to be in Death Valley, Right now, it'd be pretty hard for me to pick against Florida State. So for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need is fitting right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit. Or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. All right. Now, Noel's taking over the ACC. For those of you watching on YouTube, you can see my little notes on the side. What does that mean as well? Well, right now the league has a lot of teams that we just have question marks about. Now, including Clemson, which is bizarre. But Duke beat them 28-7, to in case you didn't notice. Uh, Clemson had two plays uh, inside, inside the two or right around the one-yard line where they fumbled. I mean, that's disaster personified. And Dabo even said, hey, I didn't really see that coming. I get it. Um, 
I would say that they still have some other issues. And this is what I want to talk about. My notes, number one, I have for them. And I, I, I was talking to somebody about this earlier. Uh, I talked to a friend of mine who used to be on this, on this channel a lot, John Garcia. We're not sure what happened at the playmaker ability. They still have guys that were highly recruited, offered by the Georges and the Florida States and the USC's and everything, but they're just not developing the same. The Williams kid, he's really good, et cetera, receiver. But how many times are they like catching a four-yard pass and turning it into a 20-yard game? Used to be, if you lost contain it all on a screen to Clemson, they were tremendous at it. They made you pay. Speed to burn, smart, blocked well by their teammates. Little plays like that, they just annoyed you to death because there was no complexity to it. A simple slip screen that every team at the college and pro level runs and even high school, they just maximized. What in God's name happened to Clemson? And I think that it really comes down to this, and it's why Florida State is taking over the ACC. Make no mistake about it. They are. Clemson's coaching is just not as good underneath Dabo. I don't think Dabo's changed, but you got to think about it. D.C.'s now the head coach at Oklahoma. He was tremendous. You're not going to just replace Brent Venables. However, offensive coordinator, now the head coach at Virginia, uh, one-time offensive coordinator, went to USF. Now he's in the back office of Clemson. I'm not sure what all he's doing, but – I, I'm not real sure if everything is just hunky-dory there. They're still a good staff. I'm not saying they're not, but they were just flat out elite. At one point, you could have made the argument they had the best staff, not only in talent, but how they work together. And it's ironic because Florida State now, if you look at their staff based on how the LSU game was, this, this is so ironic. They've kind of replaced not only that they're the better team, but it's the same way that Clemson used to do it. How ironic is that? Florida State has chemistry. They believed in each other. Remember that mention I had in segment one talking about halftime? Remember that? Well, that that was taken directly from what Norvell said. Talking about in the post-game press conference, he made mention that he told the guys, hey, if you just execute a little better, I'm telling you, it's going to explode. Well, he was obviously right. And you have to get them to a point where they can do that in practice. The coaching is good or you don't execute like that. They were running some old school two back pulling guards and stuff like that plays that had been around for a hundred years in football. LSU wasn't shocked by what they'd seen. Florida State out executed them. I'm not saying recruiting wasn't a part of this or the transfer portal, but it's still the same play. Like the, there's no shock what was coming. They kept running the same stuff. That's execution, folks. And you got to give Florida State a lot of credit for it. They earned it. By golly, they should have. So keep that in mind. Um, with Florida State, I also want to talk a little bit about the quarterback play in comparison to like Clemson White's taking over. I am a firm believer in Klubnik long term, but he's a sophomore and this is the first year like he's the guy. He's probably going to have some ups and downs. You could research it yourself, but this is something I do every year. If you go look like get to about week three or four after this, some true data. And you go to like CFB stats, which is my favorite statistical place to do comparisons. Pretty straightforward. They've got a national perspective and it's like a hundred different ways you can study quarterbacks, but like passing percentage yards, whatever. Once you get to about game four and, and you're through it and you look through up the stats, 
like out of the top 20 to 25 players, 90% of them are at least in their third year removed from high school football. A majority of them are in their fourth or fifth year. Quarterback play, there is no shortcut. Experience is number one, two, and three. Because guys with huge arms, that's great. But if you're throwing the football to the wrong team, still not going to work out so well. Klubnik's not a cannon guy, but he's got a pretty good arm. He's incredibly athletic, and he's got a lot of savvy to his game. He'll be good in time. But Jordan Travis, what I just talked about, he's already been through that. Let's be honest. There were times when I didn't think he was a quarterback, and I'm guessing a lot of you didn't think he was either. He's worked his craft. He's earned it. And now he's one of the best players in all of college football. He's a fifth-year senior. Did he panic when they only scored 14 points at half? No. What do you think Klubnik was thinking when they were struggling at halftime and they had seven points and they just squandered things and he'd missed reads, missed throws? Think it's the same as Jordan Travis? Also, again, no. That matters. The quarterback difference right now between Florida State and Clemson's pretty stark. And again, I have all the confidence that Klubnik will be good in time. I've seen him at Elite 11. I talked to people around the Westlake program where he comes from in Austin, Texas. He's he's the real deal, but it's going to take some time. Florida State will see him in a few weeks, and they could see him at the end of the year. The difference, if I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but if Clemson were to be lucky enough to reach the ACC title game, and i got some serious doubts about that right now, he would probably be a much different player just by the end of the year. There's no substitute for a quarterback getting reps. So right now, one of the main reason, arguably, is the coaching, but it's pretty close, in my opinion. Quarterback play is that different. That's why the Knowles are starting to take over the ACC. Third point, and this is just kind of a prediction. I don't even know what the – I haven't looked it up. I'm sure I can look at the futures. But if I had to guess right now, I would say Clemson will get beat by Florida State by 10 or more. That's what I would say. And even though it's in Death Valley, they just find ways to shoot themselves in the foot. I could be completely wrong on that, and Clemson could turn around their season tomorrow. I, I could be completely wrong. But they just don't seem to be the same kind of team, and that'll solidify taking over. Now, that's got to happen. Obviously, you got to play the game. But once that happens, I'll, I'll do a whole, whole bunch of stuff about that. Uh, shorts, videos, segments, you name it. I'll probably go on some other podcasts talking about it, the ACC podcast. Check that out, by the way. They do a great job. But I just don't see really any way to spin it other than that. Because how would you pick Clemson right now, even if you wore Clemson glasses? How would you do that? Um, I, I just I, – I don't see how you could. So – they, they've got a long way to go, and Florida State's just a more mature team. So while I'm thinking of it, speaking of some of my friends here at the Locked On Network, every week on Friday, you got something to look forward to now. College football season is here, and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Kickoff Live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1. I was on the show this past week. You can go to any of the Locked On Network's YouTube channels, including this one, from 11 to 1. It's going to run live. And you can check it out. I'm going to talk about the previews, college football playoff implications, going to be talking about players, injuries, you name it. All those things are going to be a part of these shows. And you're going to get the inside scoop from everybody, somebody that covers Georgia, somebody that covers Ohio State, et cetera. They're going to bring on 
with different analysts that do their shows just like I do mine for Florida State. So, Locked On Kickoff Live every Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the Locked On College YouTube channel. You don't want to miss it. Again, it's a different perspective because these are people that actually cover these teams. It's not just some random person. So make sure to check that out every Friday. Um, Before I go into segment three, this is a topic that's been beat to death and I often don't like it, but I think it's one that's pretty important now. The ACC has it quote unquote started to catch up a little bit with the SEC. And if so, how so? What ways would that be? Well, let's talk about it. Number one here, I'm not saying that the ACC, especially at the top, is even in the same stratosphere. You got Georgia and Alabama, and that's as simple as it gets. They're the two most dominant programs in college football. We can sit there and say otherwise, but the proof is in the pudding. Uh, Between the two, they've won the last three national titles. Pretty well narrows it down. With that being stated, there are some other areas that are hemorrhaging a little bit. I don't know what is going on with South Carolina, but they didn't look very good against North Carolina, an ACC team. And I know Drake May is good, but they completely shut down South Carolina's run game. You have a situation where obviously LSU, they, I mean, Florida State's really, really good, but LSU shot itself in the foot too. They got beat up and then they mentally shot themselves in the foot. I mean, it wasn't one or the other, it was both. That's not a good sign because LSU should be a program that's really good. And, and I know they are probably not as talented as they normally are, but the mental errors and the lack of cohesiveness, that's concerning. And then there's also this. Tennessee lost their quarterback. We'll see if, they, if they're if they the real deal or not again this year, but we'll see. I don't think they have enough defense. Ole Miss doesn't play much defense. Mississippi State's got to – they could be a surprise team. I don't know. But how many of these teams other than Alabama or Georgia do you really trust? And then, of course, oh, by the way, the Gators are terrible. A lot of the top teams, based on reputation, aren't that good. The only one that's finally started to rise appears to be Texas A&M. They look pretty darn good. Wegman's a good quarterback, and I think they're going to have a really good season because he spent it, and they got a couple NFL receivers. So A&M could be a legit team, 9-3 and or better this year. I really have completely turned on them to the the good because I I didn't see them doing anything until they figured out quarterback, but they have. But again, that's one out of all those. Does Ole Miss play defense against key teams? Prove me wrong. Auburn, it's year one for you, Freeze. Eh, we'll see. Conversely, you got Florida State, who's obviously taken a monumental step forward. Clemson, we're a little iffy on. I get it. But let's see where they are when Klubnik has a few games under his belt. I'll throw them under the bus if Klubnik doesn't take the step up I expect. Because they're not the same team without good quarterback playing, they still need to figure out something to receive and they need to be more consistent there because Will Shipley is not the problem. He is a dude. Miami, we're going to see because they play A&M, ironically, this weekend. So let's wait on them. But NC State's got a big-time quarterback that is transferred to Virginia. North Carolina's got Drake May. Duke obviously just beat Clemson. Their defense is good. When was the last time you really said Duke had a defense with serious talent? I don't know if I ever have, but they – they're timely, if nothing else. I don't know if they got a bunch of NFL guys, per se, but they play well as a group, and they're pretty darn good. I I think this is the only year I can remember like the middle of the pack for the Atlantic Coast Conference could compete in some capacity with the middle of the SEC. 
Now, I didn't see all the SEC games, and a lot of those teams played just very bad teams. I get it. Um, you know, may, maybe Syracuse wouldn't do well against Auburn or something. I don't, I don't know. But I think it's much better than what, what it's been. And a lot of it's quarterback. Van Dyke's at Miami. Got the quarterback at Brendan Armstrong at NC State. You got May. This, this is a quarterback sport, and they got a ton of seniors all across the league this year. I think it, it'd be pretty interesting. But, again, just to remind everybody, Florida State would still be number one. It's not even close until otherwise proven. Florida State had the number one victory of the weekend. Trying to think what even number two would be. I guess it would be North Carolina over South Carolina. Another ACC team. And then, you know, Miami looked pretty good. Um, there's there's not a lot to really complain about in the ACC, except for Clemson, and because they played Duke, and Duke's up. I think this is going to be a really unique year. The ACC might surprise some teams, especially come bowl season. So just something to think about. Coming up in the next couple of days, we're going to preview a little bit with Southern Miss, but I'm going to skip back into recruiting a little more because I know more people are interested in recruiting than they are what's going with Southern Miss, to be honest with you. I'm going to talk a little bit about the impact I think the current class can have next year. I'm going to talk a little bit about future of recruiting. And I'm also going to you know, just go into some of the things that I like about this Florida State team. It's kind of like a third segment. But the next couple of days will probably be mostly recruiting stuff unless there's an injury or some other breaking news. And for those of you wondering why I haven't covered the three schools added to the league yet, I wanted to collect a little data. I'll probably do something on that for this weekend, talking about Cal, Stanford, and also SMU. I, I'm curious, based on some feedback I'm trying to get from some people, what they think, what kind of value they can have. I've had some questions about it on whether or not like Florida State can truly benefit like going to California to play, you're going to recruit out there. So that's definitely something you're going to do, but how else could it benefit the league, et cetera? I'm trying to dive in to get some more details on that instead of just throwing out opinion and opinion only. So with that being said, everybody have a great day. Thank you very much. And everybody come back and see you soon. Take care.